So I'm having this conversation with my current girl, and you know we're damn near about to break up. And I haven't had a girlfriend in nine years um, until her. And lo and behold, who walks in front of my car but my girlfriend from Nashville from nine years ago. And now I'm shook. Uh, what's happening, good people? Uh, welcome to episode 31 of the David Ashley Podcast. I'm your host, George Clinton. Shout out to P-Funk All-Stars. Um, check out George Clinton's Tiny Desk concert, by the way. Um, uh, yeah, so today uh, we're going to get into... Um, Thank you for listening. We're going to get into what this foreplay about. Um, fuck Valentine's Day. Forgot to say that last week because I didn't want to give it the respect uh, that people think it deserved. Uh, politics. I saw a post about Obama that was very interesting. Um, this Malcolm X documentary. Oh, my God. Um, talk about that. Uh, we talk about a little social anxiety. I think you boys a little... Affected not clinically, but you know, um, what, I, I, you know, I want to talk about male and female arguments. Um, I want to talk about motivation, of course. Um, and yo, how old is too old that I can like? How, how young can she be for me today? That sounds bad, but you know exactly where I'm going. Hey, all of that and possibly more, even though that sounds like a lot. On the next episode of Araldo. So you cheated on me after I specifically asked you not to? <laughs> hey, shout out to Michael Scott, The Office. Yo, if you haven't watched The Office, um, I suggest that you do. Um, I'm listening to, I'm just letting this YouTube uh, channel ride right now. Right now it's on Laura Hill. So that's going to be our music for um, today. Um, L- Lauren Hill X Factor is my top, it's top five for me songs ever. Um, just in case you wanted to know. Um, so, I saw the question, I saw a young lady, I think she's a few years younger than me, ask, she put on Facebook, she said, men, um, what about foreplay, you lazy MFers? And I was like, what? It's still dudes out here trying to get down to the, now, I, this depends on, you know, what she's talking about. She talking about some dude that she with, or she talking about some, you know, some dude that she just fell in that hit, you know, and, and not that you shouldn't do it in both, but I understand, you know what I mean, where it's coming from <clears throat> on the other end, you know, for dudes trying to get it in, about to be romantic and shit, <laughs> like, let's get it, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, tell me who I have to be to get some reciprocity, god damn it, thank Lauren. Um, so, and you know, I think, I think foreplay is, um, you know, most, I think most times you're not nah, foreplay, you know, you got to kiss, you got to do all this, but I think, I think foreplay, um, I just realized what I'm about to sound like. I'm about to sound like a pick me ass, <laughs> but I'm already here. So let's go through with it. Um, no, but I think, you know, I think this, I think it starts, you know, when you're washing dishes or, you know, when you're doing something that, you know, you don't like to do and she know you don't like to do it. You know what I mean? You know, take the day off, you know, cook for, wait for her to get home, wash the dishes. You know what I mean? It's about, essentially the bigger conversation is about how much um, cuz what you're doing when you do that is you're putting more in the bank than just right before coitus you know you're putting 
And that's that's essentially what it's about. It's about, you know, what are you going to do? You're right. It's what you want to be the change you want to see in this relationship, right? But you want to be the change before you even need a change. Before there's, before there's anything that you want to change, you already kind of got to be like, hey, what would I like? Then let me do this. That's what foreplay is. It's, it's inserting, you know, amounts of credit in the bank so that later on, you know, she feels safe and she feels, you know, she feels that you're worthy of it. Because even in a relationship sometimes, you know, baby, you know, we take each other for granted, you know. Uh, lack of communication, you know, if it's been a long time we've been together. So it's just about putting shit in that bank and letting it build up, you know, that way, you know. And the rivers will flow unto you, goddamn. <laughs> Switch it up. Um, Valentine's Day is full of shit. Um, I had a friend say to me, uh, a woman, she said, to me, she said, um, she was like, she's talking to some dude. She was like, this nigga, it was on Valentine's Day, by the way. She said, this nigga ain't, ain't called me yet on Valentine's Day. And I just, I, I was like, just immediately, I was like, did you call him? No, but this is, but still, it's, I was like, no, nah, ain't no but still, goddamn, did you call him? But, but Valentine's Day is about the lady. See, and I think that's what we got confused, right? That's when you let that, that it, listen, something to happen enough times to where now it's in your head that the guy has to do for the woman. And I can't think of too many things much more dangerous to male-female relationships than, than something like that. Um, like she, because she really couldn't fathom the, the, the point that, hey, perhaps I should have hit him up. And I was like, I'll be down. It's like, damn it, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know, I mean, because I'm, I'm, you know, I do shit like that. And, you know, I fell into that Valentine's Day. Let me tell you what I did one Valentine's Day. Um, this was two, mm-hmm, and uh, so I knew the, you know, I knew the girl's roommate, and uh, you know, this might be a little stalkers, but um, but it was her roommate. It was with her roommate's help, you know. And I was, you know, just like I put some stuff in her room, like some, you know, teddy bears, some balloons, whatever. She got home, yada yada yada. But then what I left in there was a note with like a clue, and that clue led her to. A specific store, and and where I had already purchased something, and it's waiting behind the counter. So she gets that. I think it was I forgot what store it was. It was a clothing store. She gets that package. She opens it. Inside there is another clue to go pick up something at another store. Right, and she goes there. She picks that up, and there was a clue to go to another store. No, I'm just playing. It was like a clue for, you know what I'm saying? Wear this, you know, wear these things, you know, tonight, um, you know, be ready. I'll be there by, you know, whatever, seven o'clock, whatever. So I get there at seven o'clock. Um, I guess this is story time before story time. I get there at seven o'clock and so what happened was earlier that day I was supposed to make dinner, right? Um, so anyway, we get there. I get to her spot. We leave. I I was like, damn, I left my wallet at your apartment, and I make a big deal out of it because Valentine's Day I was supposed to pay for everything. So we go back to her apartment, and once she opens the door. It's like this candlelight, you know what I'm saying, dinner that I made hours earlier on the table that her roommate, you know, roommate helped me put up. It was some cold shit. 
I ain't gonna lie to you. It was some cold shit. I, I mean, and it's cool to be involved in Valentine's Day. And plus, I was much younger, right? Not that I wouldn't do it now, but you know, just just talk about ambitious, you know, um, for who I was at the time. Um, but j- you know, I'd be damned if you think I'm supposed to do this. Shit. And well, I mean, well, I take that back. I'd be damned if you think that I'm supposed to do any of that shit, and then you're not supposed to do anything. You know, this is why you should just do things on a daily basis, right? Weekly basis. You should you should judge your own, like take care of your own relationship. Don't let you know media and all this other kind of shit tell you what to do and when, because you get messed up. Um, I saw this um, political post. That read, um, let me tell you exactly what it read. Um, it was about the All Star game, which, listen, I think the All Star game is fixed. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, it was just a great showing in Chicago. There's this six minute video of uh, Chicago that somebody did, whoever did this, needs is a is just a content genius. Obama's in it, Jordan's in it. Um, you know, chance the rappers in it, and it's it's just an amazing video. So if you get a chance, check it out. I forgot the name of it. So anyway, this post that I saw, it says Obama has plenty of time for the NBA All Star festivities, but where was he at during this time in office, uh, with all the violence and killings taking place in his beloved Chicago? So I mean, you know, not to be a savior or anything, but I jump right in now little context, this is one of our Hispanic brothers and sisters who is a couple years younger than me, but whose father is big time in politics, you know, where we're from. And my thing was like, I was like, fam, I was like, dog, do you even know what a president does? Because it doesn't sound like you do. Uh, so anyway, I can go through, I ain't gonna go through what I said, the whole everything I said to him, but it was like, For me, that was a very thinly veiled um, real reason that he was mad. Now, I'm not going to say because he was black. I'm not going to say any, but but to say something like that, let me know that, bro, my man, you don't even know what politics is, let alone what presidents or any other, you know, member of any political, um, at any political position. You don't, you really don't know what they do. And your pops is in politics. It's like my man. Well, and then he tried to hit me in the inbox with like, yeah, you know, don't try to make this. Don't try to. Yeah, of course he went to the inbox. Don't try to make this about anything else other than what it was. And I'm like, my man, you, you know, and I ain't go back and forth with him. I say what I got to say. You know what I'm saying? I, I dip out. That's the way to, you know what I'm saying, protect your whole thing. But I was just like, but anyway, it, it brought to me a, a larger point that of what I heard, um, I think it was Susan Rice or somebody else saying a podcast. Um, people vote with their emotions. They don't vote with their intellect. They don't vote from this. You might think you do, and you might, you know, think that, but most people, they vote with their emotions. And it, it kind of made me think, like, wait, is this, if that's the rat, like, if that's the rat race we're in, is it, like, is it even worth trying? Right? I mean, but, you know, when you think about, you know, the shit Martin Luther King got to do, you know, even though it was pointed a a specific direction, um, and the things that Malcolm X was about to do before he was murdered, it's, it's, you know, it it makes you think about, and this is bringing you to my next point. It makes you think that, nah, this, it's, it's got to be worth it, right? Some kind of legislature, um, some kind of, you know, education about, and there's this great video called, uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's by an artist called Yellow Boy or something like that, where he kind of breaks everything down. It's basically the shit I've been saying for like three, four, five years now. It's like, yo, local is where it's at. They got us mesmerized by the shit. And yeah, listen, Donald Trump is dangerous. He's dangerous, but 
I think locally is is where it's at. And um, yeah, man, I think so. I mean, when when you look at when you look at Barack Obama, right? One of the knocks on him was that he didn't have any experience. Well, nobody questions that. He says, "Well, experience doing what? Because before you're president, you've never known what it's like to be president before. So I assume they're talking about being governor or being in Senate for a long time or whatever." So what that was perceived as Barack Obama's turn, even though he was a wonderful president, right? Um, you know, if you know what presidents do and what they're up to and the symbolism and all of that shit. Um, when you, people looked at that and they was like, oh, it, it was kind of like when Kobe got to the NBA. Because it was like, oh, he doing it? Oh, I know I can do it, right? And that brings us Trump. That, along with racism and sexism, brought us Trump. Now Trump is in there with zero experience at nothing except for failing. He top five in American businessman for failing and losing money. And this is not conjecture. This is just a real thing, right? So now you got Money Good Buttigieg. Money Good was the mayor, right? And I was like, it, you know what I mean? The bar is become a lord, but I think. And listen, I'm not saying that if you haven't been governor or if you haven't done anything like that, that you can't be the president. But I just wanted to point out a pattern, man. Um, so this Malcolm X documentary, y'all, like this is if you haven't looked at it, please do it. Please check it out. I mean, it follows. Um, it follows this brother from. Um, it follows this brother from. Uh, from Maryland, who, you know, he's a regular dude, you know, and he, he actually leads tours around Washington, D.C., if I'm not mistaken. But he's been infatuated with um, the story of who killed Malcolm X for years. So it's a six-part documentary, and in it, I ain't going to break, I ain't going to tell everything, but in it, you know, they talk about essentially whoever was the, the main gunman who delivered the fatal blow to Malcolm X uh, down down center, uh, front center, was a person that everybody knew. and Everybody knew he had done it. Um, but just some of the other points, more unbelievable points, is that the FBI had nine informants in the auto, Autobahn ballroom. Nigga. They had nine informants in the room, one of which was head of Malcolm. Listen here. One of which was head of Malcolm X security. Right. And when I saw that. And, oh, and by the way, none of them had to testify. Right. And two men went to jail who didn't have anything to do with uh, Malcolm X murder. Right. One of the men died in jail, didn't get a chance to come out. The other man came out, haven't seen his kids or his grandkids since, you know, where they don't have a relationship anymore. So when you talk about the nine people and FBI didn't tell the NYPD that they had nine informants in the spot who could who could identify whoever the the, the uh, whoever the killers were. That way you ain't had to go like, oh, the shit was so deep. And it was funny because it led me um, about a month or two ago. I was watching some videos of Malcolm and he said that, um, and this was toward the end. He said there was another attempt on his life made at L.A. airport. And I don't know if it was called LAX back then. Uh, or maybe it could have been what is now Bob Hope. Who knows? But he said, he said, but this is what he said. He said, but the police have the Nation of Islam, have infiltrated the Nation of Islam as they have any other black group. He said, so they knew, so the police knew when they were there. He says, sure enough, they showed up to get me and police came out of nowhere, just like they did, and intercepted them, you know. And um, it is crazy. Like, when you think of what Malcolm was about to be and how he had not... He was like, oh, this ain't about local now. This is about global. 
how we're being treated as a people, not just as American people. And, you know, you know, it was um, it was fascinating. And then, you know, when you think about. So, yeah, when I thought about that, I, I, I thought about when I when I thought about when I remember that video, I thought about. Um, um, I'm sorry, when I saw this part in the documentary, I remembered that video. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, both Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, when they were murdered, there was someone close to them that they knew, but who also they didn't know where, um, but, you know, someone close to them that they didn't know were informants for the police. Like, this is a picture of Martin Luther King after he'd been shot, this guy kneeling down, he was, the photographer was you know, with the Memphis police and he was reporting back, black dude. How is it that they can always use us to get us, yo? You know? Now, if there's anything to make you feel hopeless, it's that. Just to know that the government can do with you what they will and uh, and they can use us to do it. You know? Anyway. Whew. That was long, yo. That was long. But uh, yeah, we're going to move on to the next segment. <laughs> that was kind of long, yo, but hey, I think it was worth it. Hopefully it was worth it. Hopefully the transitions were smooth and all of that, and uh, we can keep going. So... Um, I got, I think I got like a little uh, social anxiety, you know, like, um, I could be out and, um, in New York crime side, um, I could be out and I could, you know, I could be having a good time. Um, you know, if I could work my way up to a good time, you know, um, but I think what happens is I get to a room and it's like, I don't know. And people get coupled off in a conversation and I'm like, Hmm, I don't know how to get into this conversation. I don't know how to get into that one. So, and all it is, is, you know, you go up, it's, it's trial and error, right? You go up, it's like, all right, whatever, man. You, know what you get up, you don't, you, you know, it becomes a skill. But what happens is that I get in there, I'm just like, yo, I don't want to go through this shit. <laughs> I don't want to go through it. Like, listen, I spent a lot of time by myself when I was young, and because, of, you know, it's transferred to adulthood, and it's like, um, I, there's nothing like nobody can nobody can entertain me like me you know so I think what happens is you know I just ended up I end up spending a lot of time by myself and then I like I gotta be at a certain peak you know it's like so many things gotta be right for me to wanna go out you know just about anywhere, you know, and it's weird, man, like, and again, it's not clinical or anything like that, but, like, I haven't been diagnosed, but, um, I'm an introvert, and I want to, it's not that I want to be an extrovert, no, I'll take that back. I, you know, like I'm a, I'm an introvert, but I don't know if it's just from not practicing how to be ar- around people. But I don't think regular people have to worry about not regular people. Like I'm irregular, but I don't think I, I feel like people don't. I feel like people don't have to prepare or rehearse how to be in front of people, and maybe they do. I don't know. I mean, that's one thing. You know, that I'm, I'm learning more and more, you know, as I share things, you know, people say to me, they're like, yo, I feel that same way. Not about this, but just about other things, right? You share shit, and then people are like, you find out you're not alone, you know? And, um, but yeah, man, it's just, you know, then I go out, then I'm like, man, do I, 
do I, uh, how do I, uh, like, and I analyze, I overanalyze every interaction, right? Every once in a while I can get through a night without analyzing, you know, 100% of the interactions and how did I do and how do I do this next time and why would you say that and just a lot of shit that I'm just like, yo, I wish I could turn my brain off, you know? And, um, you know, it's like, you know, I thought, like, growing up, I thought I was going to be, um, I thought I was going to be, it was two people I wanted to be like, that I just wanted to mold myself. I was just like, yo, when I get older, this is who I'm going to be, these two people. One was Dwayne Wayne, right? And just as a person, like, you know what I mean? One was Dwayne Wayne, and one was my barber, Munch. <laughs> Shout out to Munch. Because cause he, he knew everybody. Everybody knew him. He was like, you know, life of the party, you know. And I just, I was just like, yeah, I was. But the older I got, the more I was just like, man, the more I become like, um, not really a recluse, but, you know, I think for me, like, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't, like, I didn't drink or smoke growing up. So I think that took me away from a certain amount of crowds. And also, you know, I have my share of, of women, but I wasn't one to, like, be like, oh, yeah, I fucked her. Like, I, oh, yeah, I, I wasn't like no loud, loud talking, cussing, like, you know what I mean? And I just, you know, I, you know, I was just a different, I was just a different cat. So that took me out of a lot of, like, crowds, you know? And um, so I think all of that just kind of led to me being like, all right, you know? Instead of being a nigga, just be like, nah, I don't drink, nah, I don't smoke. You know, nah, I don't do that. I just kind of just, you know, I think I kind of just came to um, to what I am now, right? Or a variation of it, you know? Because you can see me in some rooms, you can be like, there's no fucking way he's telling the truth, right? Because for some reason, the conversation clicked and, you know, I knew the right amount of people or I knew the right amount of people that I had prior conversations and moments with and it just clicked but man that thing only happens you know three out of ten times the other seven you know and again it's just a muscle that I that I have to you know what I'm saying work out but uh, a muscle that I have to strengthen but you know um you know, I know people be like, man, this nigga here. <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it's just, you know. And, and perhaps the, the, it could be an easy answer. I'm just thinking too much about it. You know? It's just like, let it, just let it go. Perhaps, right? So I saw this post, and I'm seeing right now DeMarcus Cousins was on uh, All the Smoke. Yo, you want a good sports podcast? All the Smoke with Matt Barnes and uh, Steven Jackson, or Knuckleheads with Quentin Richardson and uh, Darius Miles. Both good. Both great Kobe interviews, you know what I'm saying, these last couple months, but great, great, uh, great um, great uh, podcast because it gives you like an insight you know what I mean um, anyway um, I saw this post on, on Facebook that I thought was I thought it was hilarious but the implications of it were like man what what does that mean like the implications of it was like well what what like it was true Excuse me, but it was like, um, so it was a picture of a guy with a, on a pallet sleeping outside of, sleeping outside on like his porch, like near his front door with his two dogs and a blanket. 
And the caption says, I'm relaxing after winning an argument with the wife. Listen, help me out with this, y'all. Like, help me out with this. Like, like, are you... Help me out. Are you supposed to... Cause listen, I guess overall the answer is just, all right, you have to be selective about your arguments, about your, you know, pick your battles. But why? I'm not saying I want to argue every single time, but pick your battles. It, it, it sounds like, hey, I, I know that you know what you're talking about, but what you're dealing with is not, it's something different. So don't come in here talking to yo. I also saw another post. This was about a year or so ago. And it was like women. It said women be like, I don't give a fuck. What did it say? I don't care if you talking to. I don't care if you telling the truth. When are men going to realize this ain't like this don't make no difference to us or some shit like that. Right. And it was along that I butchered it clearly. But I think I find this in, in um, you know, when I'm having debates with women sometimes. And help me, I'm asking for help. It's like, right, they say you could be happy or right. Right? <laughs> Pick your battles. Like, and listen, listen, I fully acknowledge that there are things about men that women can relate to each other about, right? How you can say, girl, don't you hate when niggas do A, B, and C? And a room full of women be like, girl, yes. Like texting back, right? Like if a man don't text back in the right amount of time, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, you know, drive women crazy, right? Like, you know, women will say like, yeah, I want a guy that's this and this and this. And also text back, or like the you. There were memes about that you TV show. And it was like, yo, ladies, this dude from you, from the TV show you, he out here killing niggas. Literally. He can still text back. So don't accept, don't settle for less, ladies. So when I'm telling you, as a guy, this thing just, it just, man, it just, it bothers me. And some people are like nigga, you do this. You've been this, it's been this long, and it still bothers. It does, and I think because it be long gaps between you know what I'm saying women that I'm dealing with, but uh, but man, some people say nigga, what is the question? The question is, why is it that I can't like right? I heard this some kind of therapist said this it was like listen you have to appeal to her emotions as a man when you're trying to you have to appeal to her emotions and not you know and not necessarily to your logic you have to appeal you know and when I heard it I was like it makes all the sense in the world but um it's it's something that I have to catch myself in the middle of uh, in the middle of that particular argument where I'm just like, oh, we're on two separate different we're on two separate planes right now. I'm talking about I'm talking about from A to A to Z, and she's talking about from A, and then she go to twelve, and then she come back to H. <laughs> and then she go into some Mandarin Chinese and it's like wait what where did I go wrong but uh, the answer fellas is just to you know to pick your battles I guess you know to notice when it's coming notice the patterns right and just and get, give her a preview of what's to come right because I think, you know, give her a preview of what's to come. Meaning, say your piece. And if she doesn't acknowledge it, be okay with it. 
right? And know that if you're telling the truth and if you're being honest about some shit, it's going to come back. And not arguing. And all the arguing does is take away from that same bank that we talked about earlier. Even if you were right, it don't matter. It does not matter. (laughs) Right? It doesn't matter. It's not about being right. It's not, how about this? It's not about being right right now. It's about being accurate, historically accurate. But, you know, you listen, she got something to prove in that argument the same way you do. You just gotta, you just gotta roll with the punch. You gotta put Vaseline on your face, roll with the punches, stay a step ahead, fellas. You know, listen to a little Patrice O'Neill, get your mind right. <laughs> And get ready for this battle because this shit don't stop. I'm out of here. Ladies, I love you. I love you, ladies. Love you. So, there was, um, all right, so let me go back. I'm going to go back to, eh. So, I had this, damn, where do I start? Oh, so it's just a kind of a long meandering story, which is no hardcore point, but it was tripped out. Um, So I'm in church in Nashville, and and I meet. This girl, and I've been seeing this girl's like picture up, you know, and just like the local stores, like she was like running for something, and um, anyway, you know, saw her in church a couple times. Like I was on like the college ministry team, right? So we give tickets out, you know, like our church would feed college students after after church. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. Um, so, one day, you know, I got way more rhythm than her than, than usual. Not even than usual. Like, we had just interacted. We had never really re- interacted. So, I was just like, oh, you know, that set off a bell or something like that. Anyway. Um, so, before, for this party, you know, whatever. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I approach, you know, we go out. Um, we go together for like six months and I just... I, it was something about it that I was just like, yeah, I, I got to go. I ain't, like, I wasn't feeling it. I don't know what it was to this day. I can't put a finger on it. But whatever happened was, whatever happened, whatever it was, it, <clears throat> you know, we were, we were young. Like, shit, I'm, you know, 23, 24 at the time, maybe. And she was a couple, three years younger than me, so whatever. I mean, but it, it hurt her, right? And it, it at the time... It hurt me that it hurt her like in that way, you know. And um, so I kind of, I just, I didn't have a girlfriend for a long time. I think for like nine years, nine years. <laughs> just, I can't make this shit just weird. I'm, I'm weird. I told you. So fast forward, you know. I see just randomly on Instagram and and see it was one of these things where I didn't see her much after that because shortly after that I moved away from from Nashville and um, you know silly me still trying to be friends with people she she didn't want to hear she didn't want to hear nothing like she was telling my friends that like yo if you're around when he's around like if, if I'm talking to you he comes around I'm just leaving so that ever had like on some you know whatever next thing you know um, you know so over the years I don't see her again and uh, you know trying to figure that out get out of here and nine years later I find out that she got married uh, just randomly on Instagram, I just happened to see the pictures one day, 
was like, oh shit. And she and she's married to a cat that she introduced me to when we were together. Like, and I wasn't feeling any kind of way about that. But it was just it was just a reminder that nigga, life moves on. And again, not that I was waiting to see her some grandiose moment. But, you know, moments like that for me, it was just like, oh, this is really getting married around me. And I ain't nowhere. And here I am, ain't had a girlfriend. Like, ain't nowhere near it, you know. And um, so, you know, but I'm in, in a relationship at that time. So fast forward maybe like a couple weeks. And I'm having, you know, things between my girlfriend at the time and I aren't going well at all. Like, I, well, I didn't say that. But, you know, we're about to break up. So I'm on the phone with her. And, and we're having this bad conversation about, um, you know, things are about to, it's on the way, you know. Like I don't know if you remember that song, uh, "Don't Speak," but it's just like it kind of sound like that. Like we're fading out. You know, we're losing, aren't we? I forgot what the lyric is. But and who do I see walk? I'm sitting in my car. Who do I see walking in front of my car? But my ex from nine years ago in Nashville, I had no idea she was in L.A. And I'm just like, what? I'm like, what? Like, so I'm slumping in my seat because I don't want, you know. And old girl was on the phone and she was like, uh, hello? I was just like, yeah, um, I'll talk to you later. Because I couldn't. It was like a system overload at that time. Like I couldn't. I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk. You know, so I didn't get out and say hey or nothing like that. I just kind of, you know, stalked her from the car, let her walk in and, and leave, you know. Just try to make sure I wasn't seen, you know, not stalked her, but, you know, laid low. You know, you don't want to be seen. You put the, you put the, uh, you put the visor down and all that shit. But for, I, like, I, I can never understand like what meaning or why I even wanted to assign meaning to that you know what I mean like I couldn't I couldn't understand what it meant or you know what I'm saying um, but I just remember being like like for the rest of the day I was just like oh man this is crazy like what does that mean what does that mean I just saw that she was getting married I, and now all of a sudden I'm seeing her in real life what does that mean it didn't mean shit, but New York, and we're doing this from the life moves on. Ready to it. With or without you, you gotta make shit count, you know? Again, I just told you it, it was it was it was just some meandering shit that was about to happen, but it was weird nonetheless. You know. Didn't have a whole lot of meaning. I tried to assign meaning to it. Still don't know what it was, but the shit was weird. It was just a weird moment. Um, a few years ago, uh, a friend invited me to and um, to a performance that she had. This thing she had produced, and when I got to the thing, she was uh, old girl, the ex from back then, um, was performing, and I was like, "Yeah, what in the hell?" Just another weird moment. So after that, though. Um, I walked up on her and her husband, and it was like, I don't know if you remember in Brown Sugar, when Tay Diggs caught Sanaa Lathan with, uh, with Richard Lawson, and he was like, hey, she was like, hey, <laughs> but that's kind of how it was, like, like, you know, you don't expect to see people there, and, uh, yeah, and I said, hey, what up? Hugged her. Shook up her husband, hugged him. And um, I, uh, you know, exchanged information because he, you know, he was in the business as well. And uh, I invited him out even a little later. He ain't come, though. 
But um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But weird shit out of the archives. So let me let me um I had a, a realization it's about a month or two ago where my good friend in Atlanta she um she had posted a picture in the stories with another young lady and I was like yo I was like who that you know and her response to me, she didn't tell me. She just said, she is 25, sir. As in, like, back up. How dare you, you know, get away from this person. And I was like, yo, I'm an old nigga. <laughs> yo. I'm really out here 40 years old. Like, are 20-year-old women really out of my reach? Not 20. But I mean, like, women in their 20s? Are they really out of my reach? How young can I go? Listen, whole 50. Beyonce 37. That's 13 years. They goals, right? No? I can't go 13. For me right now, 13 to be 27. Whew. I mean, 25, nigga. She had to be, she had to be super mature. 25. Damn. That's crazy. Yo, the, the realization hit me in the face, and I was like, what you mean she twin? Oh, I guess you are right. But she put it like I can't, like I can't touch nothing in my in their twenties, which I don't agree with. A 28, 20, think twenty eight. Stop it. I can go twenty eight, twenty nine. Quit playing with me. Anyway, just want to throw that question out there. How young? What's too young for forty years old? Damn. Yo, time. Is on crack. Time ain't slowing down for nobody. It sounds so. It sounds real. Like it sounds stupid to say, because obviously time is not going to slow down. But it. But just the time feel like it's moving so fucking fast, yo. Anyway, that's all. I just wanted to throw that out there. Let me know. I feel kind of hungry Cause my high is coming down This is wine That that you're hearing And a little assistance <laughs> Man, shout out to I was supposed to be back home this weekend, man had to had to stay here and handle some handle some real shit hopefully so um not gonna be able to make it back to the to the 40th um 40th joint for for anton chase um man i know man i know the fellows was gonna be in there a bunch of people that i ain't seen in a while excuse me we're gonna be there, man. I know it's gonna be. I know it's gonna be a ball, man. So, have my tux ready. I mean, I had already bought a tux a few years back, so I was looking forward to that joint. But duty calls, you know. Anyway, yo, uh. So, I saw this post, and 
The post said, no, so first of all, let me tell you one post that I saw. It said, these weapons forms against me seem to be prospering a little bit. <laughs> Yo. Man, I felt that joint in my soul. You hear me? You hear me? Um, but then another one. It says, uh, success. And what people think it looks like. And it's a straight line. And then the next column, it says, success. What it really looks like. And there's a, a line. And then there's a bunch of squiggly circle lines. And then a, an arrow on the other side. And listen, you know, it makes it all true. You know, it makes, it, it makes, I guess it makes what I'm about to say, maybe it answers what I'm about to say. It says, the hardest part about chasing your dream is trying to understand if God is giving you signs to stop or if he is testing your faith to keep going now. You know. It, it's it's an impossible question to answer. Um, even though it wasn't a question, but I'm just saying when that question in your life kind of arises, right? Um, I'm, you know, and I have to give the generic answer of, hey, you will know, right? you know, right? It, there was a um, it's a great Will Ferrell interview. It's, it's the first time I heard him interviewed. First of all, it was the first time I heard him interviewed on a podcast. But then it was the first time I heard a Will Ferrell interview where he wasn't turned on. And he was just answering questions. It's on the Bill Simmons podcast from like three years ago. It was great. Look that up. And um, he said, you know, when he first started out as a comedian, um, you know, he graduated from USC, first started out as a comedian from like Orange County. And I think this is before he found an improv class and started acting. And, and he had done some things and his dad sat him down and was like, hey, listen, I see you like this thing. He said, but this entertainment thing is, uh, you know, it can be a beast. He said, so just want you to know if this doesn't work out, that it's okay to quit. It's okay to it's okay to fail. It's okay to quit. And Will Ferrell said that was all the confidence he needed to keep going, right? Because it was, and I'm guessing it was just something so profound in being released from, you know, something you have to do, right? Because the ultimate truth is. If this thing is in your bones, you have to conquer it. You have to pursue it, right? But I, but I have, you know, met people since I've been out here, who, um, who you know, said it was too much and they went back, right? All right. One of them, you know, somebody I went to school with, and actually, uh, she is the reason I moved into her room in my first apartment here. Um, she moved from LA and needed something else to do, right? She was just pursuing, you know, a career in acting. And she leave. She she left. She left. Right? She hit the bricks and it was just and it didn't mean like she was a quitter. It just meant you know, it just meant that she had come to a point where she knew that this wasn't for her. But guess what? She's got all kind of Walmart commercials. She's an influencer now. She has a page, a YouTube page called Gabe Babe. Gabe and Babe or something like that. But she's like, she's like living a life through entertainment still on her own terms, right? She found her own path, right? So quitting, quitting just means a redirection. Right, it's the intelligence to be open to the pivot, which I don't think a lot of people, you know, I don't think a lot of people give you that option. But be open to the pivot. Right? I mean, it, it there's 
There's this move called Up and Under, man. A lot of people don't really know about it. Matter of fact, most people would call it travel. Like, if you catch the ball, and let's say you, you fake right and you go left, and you stop, and you, and you stop to act like you're going to shoot, you fake up. That person goes, you step through with your left leg, and... Right? It's it's just a step through. But it looks like it's travel. Right? When you're playing ball. I remember look up um look up Kevin Garnett and Candace Parker argument. It was on television about two years ago. And they were they were arguing about this move on Kevin Garnett's uh, show. But it's 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 completely legal. If you do it within the confines of, you know, an up and under. And my thing is, it's another pivot, right? It's the pivot and then it's the the move. Like you got to be open to, you got to be open to the pivot and you got to be open to other moves. You got to be open to ways that expand you know, your current way of thinking. Because when we get tunnel vision, depending on what kind of person you are, I'm one of those people. I can get tunnel vision. And therefore, like I look back five years down the line and be like, why wouldn't I just do this? Why wouldn't I just open up to this? It's because I had tunnel vision. So I just think right now it's up to you to kind of examine your life, examine your options, and if you do feel stuck, right, and you spin it around on this pivot foot, you know, you got to be open to another move. You got to be open to the pivot into another, into another lane or into another stream. Like for me, it's like, you know, voiceovers, it's, it's comedy, it's. You know what I mean? It was writing. I've, you know, I've written and directed a few short films, and it's. Now I was creating shows. It's, it's, it's a lot of shit, but you got to be ready for. It, but you have to examine. You can't be ready for something. You know, you don't know what you don't know, right? So, you know, I trust that that will help somebody. Um. Hopefully, now or in the future, this is all about a body of work, man. I'm, you know. I'm doing this so that my words can help somebody at some point, right? You know, like I, I used to get into these, um, you ever be in a, um, a debate with somebody younger or with somebody who, who just won't take your advice that you know is right, but for some reason they can't or won't hear it? I used to get hung up on not being able to get through to that person at that moment. And then later on, I realized, because, you know, a few people, you know, here and there, people would come back to me later and be like, you know what, fam, you you were right about this and that. And I was like, oh, shit. I spent all that time agonizing about being right right now. But nah, it's just about sharing your truth. Stay teachable. Keep learning. Stay low. Keep fire. And if what you said was gospel, that shit's gonna land. If it wasn't, hopefully somebody around you will know, you know, let you know, or you'll mature to the point where you know that ain't the move, right? You know the vibes. That was episode 31 of David Ashley Podcast. Uh that was a long ranty one, but you know, again, hopefully. You know, you found some value somewhere in here. Um, I have gained one pound back. Judge your mama. (laughs) But I knew it, though. I knew it. I got loose on, like, um, I got loose on, like, the last, the weekend. Oh, not even the whole weekend. Just Saturday night all through Sunday. I got loose. So it probably ain't even real weight. You know what I'm saying? Probably just some. Something I got to, you know what I'm saying, shit out of something. Drain out. So, um, thank you.
for uh, hollering at me, um, for rocking with me. This has been episode 31 of the David Ashley Podcast. You can hear the Send It On song by D'Angelo is on right now. I'm finna dim these lights <laughs> and love myself. You understand? Ooh, who was this? This was, uh, this was, uh, oof. Is this Jinda? Janine? No, this was Janine. This was Janine and this is in 2000. Yeah, this was Janine and this was Kristen. I was working at Demo. I was working in the middle of the mall. Yeah. Tell you about that time Kristen's parents came home. I'm talking about right in the middle. Nigga, what? (laughs) Anyway, David Ashley Podcast. I'm going. As always, good people. Each moment you have the opportunity to move forward into growth or to fall back into comfort. I'm gone. Love y'all. Send it on.
Nothing anyone cannot do.